Welcome back to the Swirl Suite, everybody. So I decided to start something different. This year, the Swirl Suite in 2024 will be nine years old, and we'll have over 300 episodes this year. So we have a lot of content that is quite aged and isn't so great in the audio department. So I've decided to try to remaster some of the episodes and post them. So in 2018, the Swirl Suite podcast was invited to a wine dinner with Erica Crawford at the Line Hotel. They used to have a restaurant called Rake's Progress. It's now closed, but it was a really, really hot spot back then. So anyway, we were invited to this wine dinner. We were just going to show up and, you know, talk to Erica and talk about the podcast. Her team asked if we wanted to do an interview before dinner. And I said, of course. So right now, the Line Hotel has a podcast studio, but back then they they didn't. So I bought my little laptop. It was my first MacBook. And all I had was a tiny desk mic. And that's what I brought. I brought it to the restaurant, brought it to the table and set it right in front of her. Our voices are a little low, but you can still hear our questions and her answers are perfection. If you don't know this by now, Erica Crawford is Kim Crawford. Well, Kim Crawford is Erica's husband. That was the name of the wine that she previously owned. You will hear the entire story and all about her. Well, it was new back then, Love Block wine from New Zealand. Enjoy guys. We're here at the Rake's Progress with the one and the only Erica Crawford. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) This is so nice to meet you. I'm so glad that we have this opportunity to talk to you. Please introduce yourself to everybody. All right so my name is Erica Crawford. And I guess I've been in the wine industry for more than 20 years. In 1996, we started Kim Crawford Wines in the back room of our home with $20,000 and two babies. And that, of course, we sold that since to Constellation, and that is now a superstar brand um, here in America. So I'm super proud of that. Now we focus on organic farming and sustainability. This time around, with Love Block, we estate, uh, family-owned, estate-grown, and sustainably farmed. So really enjoying what I'm doing, so it's really a lot more hands-on. Where before we bought the grapes and we made a brand, this time we're really getting our hands dirty. How long did it take you to get, uh, after you sold to Constellation, to get Love Lock up and off out of the vineyard and out of the winery to the shelves in um, New Zealand? So we had to serve a non-compete first for a few years. And then, um, so during that time we allowed to, we, we grew grapes and we sold it to other people. And then we launched Love Block in 2013, so it's now five years old. Wow. Yeah. So you had the great fortune of having a successful brand previously, and then like having even more of a successful brand. What lessons learned did you apply second time around? Well, I think one of the most important things here in the U.S. with a three-tier system in our trade is you've got to choose the right partner to go into business with here, the right importer. And I looked at three things. Um, Someone must have a horizontal book, so all the brands round about the same. So you don't get, a rep doesn't have to sell something at $5 and then something at $70. It's really quite hard for them. Secondly, the 
they must be big enough to be of relevance to distributors. And you know the distributors have amalgamated massively and they must be all over 50 states. And so that's why we we partnered with Tilato of Chicago and it's working out really well. So we're in 50 states. 50 states, that's oh. Great. Wow. Wait, so I have a question. So let's, let's just go back to the beginning. How did you get into wine in the first place? Because your Kim Crawford was huge, huge. You were huge. How did you even get there? How did you start drinking wine and having that interest in wine in the first place? Well, I'm, of course, South African girl. Sure. And then I met Kim over there. Okay. Yeah, and he, on the first day he met me, decided he was going to marry me, and I told him not to be mad in his head. (laughs) (laughs) So then he he did a BSc and then a postgraduate, uh, you know, winemaking thing. So I was at the time doing research in cardiology. Wow. Wow. And, but you know, I just didn't have that X factor that would make me a professor or so a really highly published scientist. Right. But distracted by drugs, sex, and rock and roll, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why Kim's here. <laughs> a typical thing that. Right. Yeah. Uh, too sociable. And so uh, one thing led to another, and eventually I made it to New Zealand. Where, and then I worked for a German company where I cut my teeth on. You know, I learned what a PL was and stuff control and stuff yeah. like that. Then uh, probably the biggest defining factor was we had two babies 13 months apart. Woo. Yeah. Wow. And so that really was one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. We, you know, just something to do and keep it small. Little did we know how big it was going to get. And you know, that thing that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we were doing apparently groundbreaking things and we didn't even know it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think you don't follow the... If you follow, I noticed if somebody else's playbook, right. you're not as successful. But when yeah. you thinking out the norm. Yeah. You say, this works for me, yeah. then you become yeah. more successful. Yeah, it's, it's that authentic self, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, we didn't even know what we were doing was people now writing us up in business um, books yeah. and university students uh-huh. are studying it. And we didn't even know it was different or significant. So it was that business model that we used. And then when we sold the brand, also it was the first... IP sale just of a brand in the, in the, in the wine industry. Yeah, like, and wow. yeah, so. That's outstanding. But I think, like Leslie said, the key, one of the keys is having a great partnership and yeah. thinking outside the box. You managing it and being the CEO and him being the winemaker and bringing those two skills together. Right. And yeah, just being visionaries. Um, success. It really did work well, especially with that brand, because we didn't own vineyards, you know, and, and we have two complementary skill sets, most definitely. Um, but life happens, and then that you can't foresee things happening, and, and, and some of that also changed, of course, and just make it work, you know. Yeah. So now that love is on the block in all 50 states, what I read was you just oh, yeah. loved, the, you fell in love with the view. That's right. Of it's, the it's, it's, new it's, venue. It's so. beautiful. And I saw one 
picture. I think you were sitting at your desk looking out and it's water and it's greenery behind it. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's what dreams are made of. First of all, you're in the South Pacific. Two, you're in a vineyard with a view and you have all this wine around you. What else can you ask for? It is really, I mean, New Zealand's a really beautiful country. You'll remember from Lord of the Rings, you had all those towering yeah. mountains. So that's yeah. all shot there near where the Pinot Noir comes from. So it's a stunningly beautiful country. But this, this place is just really special for me. And so we went on that journey to go on into organics because for me it was just a natural progression, you know. My journey to organics began in my early 30s. Um, and I just started cutting out things and started reading food labels and just being more, living more simply. Look at skincare and then how we clean the house. And so when we did this, it was just the next logical thing and away we went. So but also, of course, this time we own and manage all the vineyards. So mm. I've gone and studied postgraduate viticulture. So that, you know, that was our one knowledge gap that, that we really needed to polish up on. And I've loved it. Yeah. Wow, wow. So the diamonds come off and the gloves come off. <laughs> you can always go back on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I love, I really love that part of what we're doing now. Is, it, is, it, is this your passion now? Oh, yeah, you know, it's for both of us, it's, it's doing something we really want to do. Right. Yeah, and it's a real privilege to live your values, you know, it doesn't happen very, very often. Mm. So, in your wine portfolio for Love Block, how many varietals do you have? Well, into the U.S. we bring three. Obviously, Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Gris, and Pinot Noir. Okay. We also grow and make Gewürztraminer, Riesling, Moscato, Chenin Blanc, um... What else do we have? Sauvignon Gris. So a bunch of other little varietals, okay. yeah. But not enough to bring into a whole country. Okay. Oh, yeah. That is. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. how many cases of the three that are that come into the US do you produce a year? So the US is obviously our biggest market because it's where we came to first and it's a numbers game, right? For most people. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So US, then Canada, then New Zealand and Australia and, and the UK. Yeah. So um, we now make, at the moment we make about 24,000 dozen. Okay. okay. So it's not big, it's not big in the biggest scheme of things. Right. No. Yeah. So we're small, you know, and the yeah. US will absorb all of it. Okay. Easy, yeah. So that's just, just, but it's been, um, we've learned a lot, we've made some mistakes, plenty, but we're learning, you know? Yeah. We learned, for us, the big learning was in the vineyards and how you manage it differently and how what you do in the vineyard really reflects on the flavor profile of the wine, which we'll show you. And also the wine making itself is so different. So Kim's had to learn and adjust as well. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we'll see what happens in the next few months. Like, if we've lost any type of caps from that. But having an organic vineyard, do you take different harvesting methods? Or when you're, um, when you're harvesting the grapes, do you use hand harvesting or do you use a machine? But they're, two, they're two things. Uh-huh. In New Zealand, we mostly hand harvest because, I mean, we mostly machine harvest because labor is a real problem. You know, we're an island. They, they just are not enough people and have pairs of hands to do the work. So we 
we do handpick some of the some of the grapes, but for the most part, especially Sauvignon is machine harvested. We also looked at it a few years ago, and um, if you shake, the Sauvignon likes being shaken. It doesn't mind. Yes, yeah, okay. it does bite. Yeah, they're quite resilient, and the harvesters now are so sophisticated that they actually basically shake, suck, and then it goes up into the harvest, and it's got sort of almost then it separates the, all the petioles and the stems from from the grapes. So by the time it gets to the to the winery, it's pretty clean. It's amazing how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's organic, but do you follow any biodynamic um, rules? We do some of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a that's a very much a deeper philosophy, and we're on yeah. our way there. Yeah. So some of the stuff that we do, for instance, Lovelock Farm is a qualified as a certified organic farm. Okay. Okay. So, um, and on that, um, about thirty hectares. Uh, uh, 30 hectares is about 80 acres and the property is really big the rest are all grazing paddocks okay. so we also have 200 head of cattle wow. and most of the, the grazing paddocks are certified organic okay. all the cattle have to be born on the farm to be organic so the last lot will go this year and then and then we start the conversion process for them and then I can also do lock lock organic grass-fed beef yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, and, and you know, we've got that whole, you speak of biodynamics, that whole nutrient loop thing going on. So everything that comes off the farm goes back on the, into the farm, like grape <laughs> mark or broodings yeah. or yeah. manure or hay. And then we make the compost, which goes on the grapes. Um, and so it's, a, it's just a cycle. A cycle. Yeah. And, and we have chickens and we have, um, you know, lambs and... But the one that I really like, two things I really like, I enjoy really doing is the vegetable garden. Okay. This is that whole Steiner thing, you know, everybody works there, mm-hmm. is fed from there. So oh. whether it's the guy fixing the tractor or someone, you know, everybody can have vegetables. You can yeah. take a poly home or whatever. Yeah. And the other thing is we do the seven, every year a grazing paddock goes to, into a seven year fallow. So one is, doesn't get touched. Mm-hmm. So. So those are all the things we've implemented. Well, and it becomes very communal too. It does. That's yeah. Take exactly. Ownership exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is great because you want it to be made from love. With love. Yeah. Yeah. Because it definitely needs more hands-on. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Since yeah. love block. So you just mentioned so let's the, on one of the actual Pinot Gris. Pinot Gris label. So. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the label? There, yeah. <laughs> when you, you know, when you look at an organic vineyard, it's always a bit scruffy. They're scruffy. always weeds, okay. yeah. yeah. So, of course, the dandelion, some people see as a weed. We don't. Oh, sure. yeah. We see it as something that provides soil structure. So, they all got their jobs. Okay. okay. And so, it, it's just there and we just put it on the label. Now we're drinking the Pinot Gris. Yeah. So New Zealand Pinot Gris I don't think is very well known in the US. So a lot of people drink Pinot Grigio and of course the same grape, right? But the style is different and it's a lot more like the Oregon style. Yeah. And so it's um, it's a bit riper than Pinot Grigio and it's got more, it's more mouthfeel and texture, doesn't it? And here you get prosciutto wrapped melon and you get um, pear and 
and, and just some layers of texture on the mouth, huh? It's beautiful. This is lovely. For me on a Friday night, you know, when you have a hard week and you just want to get in your track pants, your sweat pants and your Ugg boots <laughs> and put your feet up, which it gives me joy. Yeah. But it's and, this one, and the wine sits very nicely under food. Yeah. yeah. So this vintage is 16. What we're also finding is that these wines really get better with, with a bit of bottle age. Yeah. Okay. I think this would be in another year or two would be really good. What's been your biggest challenge in producing wine? Um, I've heard of, if, just to give you some um, perspective, I have heard so many different answers from so many yeah. different winemakers. Some people say it's selling the wine that's their biggest challenge. I think that's And then on yeah. the other hand, some winemakers are like the weather, the elements, the unpredictability yeah. of being a winemaker. That's, so what would you say? I love the wine selling bit, so that I don't find it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as the climate changes, and it is changing, we see that we have to do things differently. So that definitely is a challenge, you know. Um, and you're just so helpless, there's just nothing you can do. If you speak yeah. to Kim, he will tell you, oh, it's because I can't make, you know, that juice look good there or lift an element there. Yeah. He, you know, he really likes those big flavors. He can't do it here, he can't enhance yeah. them. Yeah. So his biggest challenge is keeping his hands off. Oh, hands off. That's correct, because I think I read that as well. Being, a, being an organic vineyard, you, you let the wines just process pretty much on their own. Yeah, you much lighter touch. Light on the touch. Yeah. Definitely no pesticides, herbicides. Yeah. Let me, let me just say that the Pinot Noir, the, the Sauvignon Blanc now, has got one other vineyard in that is not certified yet. Okay. Um, but throughout the process, it's it's either certified or in the process, or, or going towards. So, um, the other thing um, is that you'll always find about half the amount of sulfur in, in these wines because we're only allowed to have, as per organic um, rules, only allowed to have um, less than 100 parts per million. Less than 100 parts per million. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes if it happens, yeah, especially if it goes in oak, you know. Okay. Uh, but for the bigger blend, um, mostly you have to, you have to inoculate. Okay. Yeah. Well, on to the next, as you mentioned, my Sauvignon. favorite wine. This is probably with the Sauvignon Blanc. We will see the biggest departure from the classic Marlborough style, you know. Okay. Um, where, with the classic style, you seek big flavors. Okay. The big grapefruit and the big zingy acidity and the big cat's pee and those, and those things. So those are driven by a compound called pyrazines. We don't pyrazines, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so in this wine, you'll get more uh, canned peach. You'll get pineapple. Oh, that's get the canned peach on the nose, huh? Mm. So because with organics, your canopy is a lot more open. And secondly, we also leaf pluck quite a lot. So we like the sun on the grapes. And okay. we like it tropical. Whereas you make the classic style, you don't want that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's a lot more quiet the wines, but a lot more complex on the palate, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this project has made me fall in love with Sauvignon again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, That's when we're in our non-compete, I didn't have a single glass of Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc. Wow. And this has really made me fall in love with it again. I love Sauvignon Blanc. Unlike some of my other friends, 
I so, <laughs> so there's a running joke. Tell me I'm blonde. Does that make my top look like blonde? It does not. It does not. Yeah. But I have to say that I really enjoy the Savion. <laughs> she should have said her top ten. She's no, been thinking top ten too. But you, but you know, we've all been drinking it for a longer period of time, and that's yeah. the wonderful thing about mm -hmm. wine. Some people like it big. Some people like it more, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. but more constrained. And and so this is spot for each wine yes. matches each, each person. Yeah. Well, I think too. It is. It is beautiful, and, it, and I think that you Yeah. So for me, the biggest thing is the riper, the fruit flavors, as opposed to vegetable flavors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So peach and pineapple and a bit of lemon and cilantro, but it's, it has got vegetables. Yeah. So what, what food would you pair with your Sauvignon Blanc? Oh, that's why I love Sauvignon Blanc. So many. Okay. If you think about it, it's so versatile. You know, you can have it from pasta. Last night we had pasta and there was, I can't remember what the exact little thingy was, but it also had a few kernels of sweet corn in and the wine just went pop sweet. Yeah. And there was a bit of something else and the wine changed to that. Yeah. The other thing is Sauvignon Blanc is the only thing you can have with lettuce leaves. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it makes wine bitter. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can go to all the roast birds. Then you can go to all the fish and you can go to spicy food because yeah. it's just, it's got enough acid and flavor to carry a lot. Yeah. So, exactly. And also, you know, the, the food can make this wine so beautifully sweet. Yeah. They're not sweet as in sugar sweet, but just yeah. Exactly. Sweet. Yeah. 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 So I think it's, a, in my house, it's a workhorse. It goes with yeah. so many things. Mm. I love it. But salad girls, definitely. The only <laughs> thing that you can have with salad. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Also with the Pinot Green, green. Eh? Oh, with, yeah. The, yeah. With, yeah. The, yeah. with the prosciutto. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I'm a big carb girl. I like my carbs. <laughs> me too, but they don't like me. Yeah. Oh. No, they don't like me either. Well, they, but, um, they, they love me. Yeah, they sure do. But anyway, so... Well, we should say they love us because they stick with us. Oh, they stick. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I can't point it <laughs> so yeah, just it just makes me feel better about carbs. Okay. I love pasta, you know, so yeah. it's just perfect. Yeah. Exactly. So while we're getting our, our last wine, what's a New Zealand comfort food? Oh, good question. Good question. I'm a big bread eater, so for me it's always bread and pasta. Pasta and bread? For me it's pasta and bread and, you know, my meatballs. Uh, good. Really? Oh, yeah. What about lamb? Oh, yeah, a lot of people eat lamb, but it's not comfort food. But you, you know, it's yeah. it's nice food. My boys like meat, okay. so they will probably say beef and lamb. That's okay. their comfort food. Um, but for me, it's it would be pasta. A lot of people eat sushi. I mean, sushi is the biggest oh, okay. takeout in New Zealand. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah peanut gravy. Peanut gravy sushi. Sushi's sushi's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Mm. Well, can you do you, this for me? Thank you. I think it is going to change where people plant things, um, but for the immediate, you know, next 10, 20 years, probably it's more how we manage the canopy and how we manage the vines, yeah. So it also, you know, we get um, hurricanes, we call them cyclones, and they used to originate there sort of by Hawaii and then come and decimate the Pacific Islands and then turn into the South Pacific and just go away. Now they come over New Zealand and they're eating Australia a lot more as well. Not only do we see that, we also see them more severe, like here, and we see them splitting as well. So it's completely different patterns that it's taking on, and we have to... So that's why, you know, we've seen in the last two vintages have been quite challenging for us. Um, with, you know, 17 was we had cyclones, and so the organic vineyards really perform well because the canopy's open. So... They, they get, don't get infected with botrytis and powdery mildew so quickly. Also, the skin of the grapes, we've been practicing for 10 years now, just tend to get a bit thicker and a bit more resilient. And the vines itself generally get a lot more resilient. So, so we, for the next vintage, we're going to open the canopies a lot more. Okay. Yeah. So you can have air passing through a lot more. Yeah. Okay. We're going to talking about this beautiful Pinot Noir. It is gorgeous. Um, look at that. Quick question. So... Well, New Zealand and Australia actually introducing this and using the spell enclosure mm-hmm. uh, more than other um, wine, yeah. geographically, geographic wine industry. How do you, do you feel the rest of the wine industry is now saying, ah, I guess you were right, New Zealand <laughs> and Australia? About, you know, I think, it, I think you know, wine. the guy from Darrenberg, Chester, he said, what you really happens with a screw cap is, as if you're just aging the wine very slowly in a fridge, you know, mm-hmm. it takes longer. Um, but they definitely do age. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that categorically. With you know, it's been almost 20 years since we started doing it. So I do see other countries following suit with whites mm-hmm. and with uh, easy reds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the crunch will come when the big Californian cabs, the big name Californian cabs, put them in that have to be put away for 50 years. Yeah. And the and the classic wines, the yeah. French and the Italians. So we'll see. Yeah. So that little Pinot here is from Central Otago, where, as I said, they shot most of the Lord of the Rings sequences. And you, if you ever go there, you really can recognize the mountains. And we're in a little bit of warmer area, but growing grapes in Central is like growing grapes in Aspen. You know, it's at high elevation, lots of snow, and nice and dry and warm in summer. So it really just gives you quite intense fruit. And here you'll see, you get, for me, you know those big Sicilian mushrooms, those green ones? Yeah. I get that on the nose always. Then big black fruit, and then a bit of smokiness, a little bit of tobacco-ness. Limestone and schist. Lime, okay. Yeah, limestone and schist. So more classic. Uh, 
Yeah. Much mm-hmm. delicious. I mean, I, th- I, I think this is so ideal for Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. And the beautiful thing about Pinot Noir, it's not, you know, and I, I can have a little bit of Zinfandel or big cabs, but this is a second and a third glass. Wine, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. <laughs> you want to, you know, enjoy the rest of Thanksgiving yeah. Yeah. with the rest of the family. And that's yeah. <laughs> once, you, once you've had a few glasses while you're cooking. Exactly. <laughs> so what does a... So what does a New Zealand Thanksgiving meal look like? Very good question. We don't have Thanksgiving. Well, okay, y'all don't celebrate Thanksgiving. No. Oh, yeah, because the pilgrims landed on in So if you would. So, so I'll tell you what Christmas is like. Christmas, okay. 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 So mainly people do ham mm-hmm. okay. for Christmas. That's a big thing in New Zealand. Okay. okay. I like a turkey. Okay. I do not jealous spicy turkey. You know, and it's in the brine. Nobody makes turkey like Americans. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm learning the brine thing. What I really yeah, want to learn yeah. is, is fried good tur- fried, fried turkey. turkey. Yeah. 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 You know, they even fried turkeys now. Oh, They're what? Peanut, fried turkeys with peanut oil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you see them, you, um, you can infuse them with um, different garlic or I can see them. Fried turkey. Yeah. And you just put yeah. they have turkey fries. You just put yeah. the whole turkey down. And I don't get like, that. I know it's just yeah. like an hour. It yeah. cooks in an hour. In an hour. But there's a, a cook inside. Yes. Yeah. Because the grease is so hot. And yeah. the fryers are about this tall. Unbelievable. You People, you have to do it outside. You have to do it outside. It's very dangerous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so mostly, of course, Christmas is in summertime. So people are outside and, you know, traditionally, like, um, we celebrated with my husband, well, we, my mother was German, so we do it on Christmas Eve okay. with a turkey, and then we move it to his parents' place, about two hours down the road, and that's a more traditional New Zealand Christmas, okay. where, you know, they've got lamb, and they've got ham, and they've got this, and they've got that, too much, so, many, so much food. Yeah. <laughs> And then you eat yourself into a stupor, sleep, yes. and then you yeah. go at it again. Yes. Yes. Oh, that, that's so we have this similar. Thing. Yeah. In, um, <laughs> so in the South, they have their dinner at like 12 or mid, the 12 or 2. On Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you graze for the rest of it because you eat when you're yeah. into a stupor. Yeah. yeah. Instead of having it like at 5 or 6 o'clock. Sure. We eat at three. Yeah, so that's exactly. this in the middle. That's kind of supper. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you just roll into bed. Yeah, pretty much. Well, see, our family's about three or four. Because mm-hmm. we always start in our family, because they love seafood. So we yes. always start with peeled shrimp, crab oh, legs, yum. and lobster. Yeah. As the appetizer, I'm like, I don't want nothing else. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> then uh, that's what Christmas is. Christmas we do pasta, so we do like lasagna yeah. okay. and salad. Yeah. That's Christmas. So Thanksgiving's a little more traditional, like yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, Christmas is yeah. seafood and pasta. Yeah. So I mean, the only traditional day really is Christmas Day, and most people do. They yeah. do. They love a ham. Kiwis like a ham. Oh, I yeah. don't do a ham. I don't know how to. <laughs> you don't know how to cook a ham. No. What? No. Wow. It's much easier than a turkey. It, yeah. it is. I love the turkey. It, it is. <laughs> I love the spiciness of the turkey yeah. and the condiments and the process. Do do no, oh, honey cake. Honey cake. Yeah. yeah. 
They should. Exactly. But um, you know, so of course Christmas is going modern as well. So people, are, and because it's hot, you know, people are doing a more modern seafoody outside picnic type yeah. type of thing and moving away from the wards of food. And this would be great because it's not that big bowl. No. Yeah. See, if you think of your Thanksgiving, I mean, I cook my, I cook my chicken with them um, cloves. Oh, yeah. And and with a with a turkey, you put a bunch of spices in, don't you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's just perfect. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You go around your plate and say, yeah. oh, this would go with greens. This would go with sweet potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Lots of one. Well, this has been outstanding. I'm so excited. So, last question. Mm-hmm. We read that one of your dreams is to do, is to do an Erica Crawford story. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Did I say that? You did. It's in your like, <laughs> wait, and you would like write a book. Like write oh, a book. Oh yes, I do want book. to write a book. I'm going yes. to. So, if that book was turned into a movie, who would play you? you? Great question. It'll have to be Julia Roberts, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that woman is gorgeous. I was thinking Uma Thurman, but Julia works. Yeah. She works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would play you? Oh, me. Oh, gosh. Because yeah, this world suite has to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like, I like Julia. <laughs> I like Julia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah but that's if you were one. to have your death row dinner and you were to have four people for dinner, who would you have? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Denzel Washington. Oh God, yes, <laughs> definitely. Without it, without Ma- all Maggie that. Thatcher. <laughs> yes, Barack Obama. And I, I, now they will speak too civilly to each other. Then you have to put in something like Johnny Rotten or the Sex Pistols, or something, <laughs> you know, um, to really piss well, off Maggie. That, oh, you know, we could really make it ratchet by having Snoop. Oh, yes. Well, got to have a rapper. Well, got to have Snoop and his bestie. I like Jay-Z. You like Jay-Z? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, I like his music. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love her any day, too. Sure. Beyonce. The Queen Bee. Yeah. So, cheers, girls. Cheers. The new kid on the block love. Thank you. Cheers, girls. I just also want to, I want to say lastly, you know, the people who originally supported us with Love Rock were women. Oh, sure. And it is really women supporting women. And yeah. um, it's yeah. been, it really has been amazing. So just yeah. to kick it off. And so women supporting women. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So if anybody wanted to find you on social media, how would they do that? Instagram is at Wine. Facebook is at Wine. Uh, Twitter is more my personal ramblings and my personal opinion. So it's sometimes, you know, may, may not be strict company policy, but we don't have one because I am the company. <laughs> And, and and so those are the ones that we're on. And the wines can be found again through Trilado. Right? Yeah. Is that right? They they in all fifty states? Fifty two. No. Fifty two. Fifty two, I forgot about Fifty two. Or fifty. All the states all in America. <laughs> in the US and Canada. Yes. And um, and you can find me if you go if you go to winesearcher.com, yeah. they will give you a good list of where it's available. Awesome. Yeah. Just one last quick question. Can you tell us on average how much 
About twenty dollars. Yeah, about twenty dollars. Thanks for joining the Swirl Speed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave us five stars, and leave us a comment. We love ratings. Also, be sure to follow all of us on social media. Myself at Vine Me Up, Glennis at Vino Noir, Girl Meets Glass is Tanisha, Vino301 is Leslie, and you can follow the Swirl Suite podcast account at Swirl Suite. The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vine Me Up Media.